Armstrong Show with Glenn. And Drew. And Gabe. And in the studio with us today, Joe from Vivint. Thanks for coming in, Joe. Thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. Last time uh, we had Joe on the podcast with us, we had a, a number of you guys call him up and get your own Vivint system. So don't forget, uh, Joe will share his contact information with you here in a few minutes uh, when we get going with uh, all the info about Vivint security systems and all that. And give him a call. Uh, you can be anywhere in the country, and Joe can get you set up. So this isn't like an Arizona thing. Uh, wherever you are, he can take care of you. So patrons, thank you guys for being uh, involved with the show. We apologize the last couple of weeks. We've been a little absent. Uh, we've had just... <laughs> An insane uh, couple weeks with work and some personal stuff and everything else. It's been madness. But we are going to be making up last week's show, which is the second part of uh, IFAC Lifesaver. And we're actually going to do it after this show and then post it before this show. So uh, if you guys are listening to this show, then that means that other show is available. So just in case you missed it, uh, that second part of the IFAC Lifesaver class, as we said, we're going to start teaching parts of a, of a medical class the second um or the first week, I mean, of every single month. So that show should already be up and running. Make sure you check it out. And, uh, yeah, what else we got? Minnesota, thanks to all the great guys uh, up in Minnesota who came out and trained with me. Um, had some had a funny thing happen. Of course, everyone on the show knows about the uh, whole otter situation, so there were some funny things that happened. Uh, the first thing that happened was the, the same guys who made these 3D-printed otters for us that we have in the studio um, also made a 3D-printed otter and tried to hide it on the range from me to, uh, to jokingly try to get it behind me. And uh, luckily, Daryl was there and uh, saved my life and pointed out the otter. And uh, I made a funny video about it, posted it up on Instagram. It might be on Facebook now, too. I don't know. And, uh, and then at the end of class... Uh, they had three otters that they'd set out on the targets, and they were like, and it was dark, it was fucking pitch black, and they were like, hey, can you see those otters now? And I'm like, oh, my God, there's more otters out there. And they're like, oh, yeah, shoot them. And uh, as I started shooting, they started exploding. So they had three 3D-printed otters and then filled them full of tannerite, and then I was shooting them, and they were exploding. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a good time with that, so thanks to those guys for having a good sense of humor. And then one of the students uh, the next day uh, and a listener of the show uh, not only had our stickers already on his uh, gun case, which was cool to see, but also had, you know, his patches or our patches and independence training patches uh, already on his gear and then wore an otter shirt. So, uh, yeah, man, you guys are taking this fucking joke to a whole new level. So I love it. It's funny. I like it. So thanks to you guys uh, up there. Minnesota had a great time. Uh, of course, our hosts up there, always just such a great experience to hang out with them and and uh, he's so he's so generous, uh, letting us you know stay at his place, and it's 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 great, man. Every time we get hosted by anybody anywhere, we just have such a great experience. So if you guys want to host our training, you know, hit us up info at trainingaz.com, and we'll give you more information about how to get us out to wherever you are. So uh, on the news, we're starting with this one. <laughs> I don't even know what to think about this one. Baby in Kansas City, Missouri, dies after her mother mistakenly puts her in an oven. The statement said responders were told by a witness that the mother put... Now, here, here, here's the interesting thing. Told by a witness. Who the fuck witnessed this? Put the child down for a nap and accidentally placed her in the oven instead of the crib. The statement did not offer an explanation about how the mistake was made. We trust the criminal justice system to respond appropriately to these awful circumstances, said Jackson County Prosecuting Attorney Gene Peters Baker. What in the hell? 
How do you put a baby in the oven? And then turn on the oven? I'm guessing. It's not really giving a lot of details. I'm guessing because it's pretty gruesome. They're not giving a lot of details. But how do you put a baby in an oven accidentally? Think you put it in a crib. I mean, I have a guess. Yeah, I'd like to see your toxicology reports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to see the toxicology report because my guess is may have something to do with that. I don't even know. Like, I was trying to think, okay, what's something I can draw from this? You know, we always, we, we draw things from all of our news stories. What's something I can draw other than just how insane people are? I, I don't even know what to, I don't have like a, hey, make sure you properly mark your ovens, not a baby crib or something like that. You know, I don't even have, I don't even have anything. I don't even have just how, sometimes I wonder that I'm going to go out on a limb here. Sometimes I wonder, and, and this, I don't know, this may upset some people like everything else we do. So as horrible as that baby died, maybe better off. Because if it wasn't today, it was just going to be tomorrow. Yeah, and if your parents are the type of people to accidentally somehow put you in a fucking oven, I think your timeline is already pretty short to start. Yeah, I mean, like, how's that kid going to be raised and grow up and in what environment if the mother's already putting it in the oven and turning on the oven and cooking it to death instead of putting it in a crib which doesn't even resemble an oven. I've never seen an oven-like crib. I've never seen a crib-like oven. Yeah, they don't really usually, you know, You know, back cross. in the day, though, they used to put babies in ovens when they didn't have heated houses. Like in the Depression and shit? No. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if the house, if they couldn't heat the house, they would heat the oven to a low temperature and then put the babies in the oven. That was like an old trick back in the day. There's, there's so many... There's so many... Uh, Horrible jokes here. I just, I yeah, can't. I'm really biting my teeth. I'm really, <laughs> really holding back. <laughs> There's actually, you heard the baby in a microwave joke, right? Yes. <laughs> That's All right. the first one. That That's the first one that popped in my head. So I do not know. Can't Jeff even Jeff. tell these jokes on the air. No. You really can't. <laughs> Man shoots two teenagers near Mesa, uh, which is right here next to us. The teens were allegedly using a slingshot to shoot cars, actually over by Maine and Ellsworth. And got into an argument with the shooter. So two teenagers in the hospital after they were shot near Mesa. According to police reports, a group of teens had been using a slingshot to shoot large BBs at cars. An unknown man pulled up in a Volkswagen Jetta and began to argue with the teens, understandably. During the verbal exchange, a man reportedly shot at the teens, grazing one stomach and hitting another in the hip with one of his shots. The man fled the scene. Excuse me, before cops showed up, there's a 14 and 16-year-old kids. So here is, here's the discussion on that. Could you make, could you make an argument for use of lethal force? It's a projectile weapon. If they were shooting at you. It's not classified as a firearm, but it is a projectile weapon. It could hurt you. I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to try pretty hard to prove a slingshot with a BB could kill you. Seriously injure or maim you. Eye hits you in the fucking eye or something. Yeah, I'm not saying you should have shot these kids. They're just yeah. fucking kids. Yeah, they're a bunch of kids. So you but. look at this though, and you think, okay, so now in the future, yeah. right? This happens to you. Obviously, the guy was upset. He obviously had an emotional response to the situation, and also had a gun. And by the way, he also sucks at shooting. Grazed one stomach. He engaged two teenagers, and and here's the thing. He grazed one stomach and hit the other one in the hip. That means he's probably shooting low, low left. I can fucking guarantee it because he fucking sucks at shooting. 
And he's also a bitch who can't handle a 14 and a 16-year-old kid. Come on, man. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have shot. Hey, give me, that, I would, give me that fucking slingshot, you little shit. And I'd throw it in the canal. And then I'd drive away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's about it. You know, that's what, that's what someone would have done when I was a kid. Or the worst, they had to call my father. You know what I mean? Hey, your stupid worse. idiot kid is shooting BBs at my car. My dad had been like, well, I'll fucking handle this. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> not like to see that. Yeah. You know what I didn't do, though? Because my father would have handled it? Shoot BBs at cars. <laughs> so, of course, we go back to, you know, the breakdown of society and the family unit here, which is probably why these kids are making these choices to begin with. But if you're looking from a legal standpoint of things, this is nothing other than property damage. If they're yeah. shooting at people in cars, you could not make a claim for use of, of any force. Not, physical force is property damage, or, or I'm sorry, trespassing on property. So you can't even make that. Property damage alone is not enough to use physical force for. Confronting them verbally is fine. That's always okay. And you can do that, but then you can't get mad. And probably this guy showed up hot to trot and was already fired up when he drove up, understandably. And his Jetta. And his Jetta. <laughs> He's just storming out, storming out in his Jetta. You know you're fucked up when you step up out of your car. <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, he's he's probably already mad, and he probably started in on these kids, and they probably in turn got lippy, and then he got madder, and then he pulled a gun, and shot him. I mean, I that's I'm not getting much other information, but it's there's no call for use of force here. Yeah, go tell if you if you don't think you can handle yourself emotionally in a situation like this, which requires no force to defend yourself, because here's the problem: if he he would have driven away, probably even if he saw it. If it didn't involve him, then he had no reason to stop. If it involved him, let's say they hit his car and he and he had to turn around and come back, that's there's no claim for force there. Right. None, none. If you are gone and you come fight. back, yeah. yeah, you definitely went to the fight. Uh, and then, of course, there's no there's no use for for there's no call for use of force, anyways. So pretty uh, pretty shitty situation. A lot of this is emotional responses, and this is a lot of what we see when good people get involved. Now, here's the thing about the guy. I'm not going to judge him too hardly because, man, I don't know. He just found out his wife's fucking like six dudes, and his dog just got run over by a car, and, you know, his, the, the screen door at his house just ripped off in the wind. This guy just got fired from his job. You know what I mean? He's like, and this, he's just, these kids just hit his car with a fucking kid. marble. God like, damn it. Well, that's it. Well, isn't that like the trash can being full? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The trash can is full, you know? So now I'm not saying it's okay for him to shoot at people, but I am saying I appreciate that he was upset with these kids because I don't know what else he had going on in his life. But man, it, here's really the thing I, I consider whenever I hear these kinds of situations. When you put a gun on your hip in the morning or you take a gun with you outside your house, you are carrying with you a responsibility to act within the confines of the, of the rules and to act reasonably and justifiably and intelligently. And if you don't think you can do that today because your trash can is full or because you don't feel right about it, then you need to leave the gun at home. I do not just put my gun. I carry a gun every day. I do not just put my gun on. I, I don't. I put my watch on. I can have a conversation with Drew while I put my watch on. But Drew can tell you I have no conversations while I'm putting my gun on because in my head I'm thinking today is the day that I have to make a life or death decision with this gun. And if I'm not in the, in the mind space to do that, then I shouldn't be carrying this gun or I need to go get in the right space. Yeah, it's a very deliberate thing. Mm. And I feel like most people generalizing here but don't have that kind of thought process, right? Like that's why they go to the gas station and sweats with mm. wallet phone keys. Flip-flops. Instead of yeah. their shit. Like they're not like, mm. fuck, I may 
in this comfy environment that I might go running, you know, late at night to get some chips, this might be the time. This might be the shittiest fight I have to get into my entire life. And I'm going to do it in flops and fucking a hoodie with no tools. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Going down to a place that supports crime at a time that supports crime around people that support crime. Yeah. So it is critical that if you are going to carry a gun, carry tools, have the combative mindset, you be in the right space to be able to emotionally control yourself. Because I can see where a situation like this could get out of control really quickly. You stop. He may have even stopped calmly. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And he was like, hey, you kids, come over here. Hey, fuck you, old man, or whatever, right? You know what I mean? I mean, they could have been the instigators. They still didn't deserve to get shot. You know? Knowing today's kids, they were probably the instigators. Could have been. They were probably but I can imagine that this guy... guy from the time he got out of his Jetta. Also knowing people today and how fucking entitled everyone is, I bet this guy showed up pretty hot to trot as well. Yeah. And now you have this guy who's hot to trot and these kids who are being shitty. They're already obviously kind of shitty because they're shooting fucking BBs at cars. Yeah. So They obviously have no dads in their life. Bad situation, man. Bad fucking shitty situation. Response, shitty situation. So don't be that guy who gets involved in this shit because you can't let your you can't control yourself and you have a gun on you. Because if when they catch that guy and catch him, they will. He will be in deep shit. Yeah. He will be in deep shit. That is attempted murder. Yeah, he's fucked. So, thin air. Good news. Good news. We all know what it's like to have our baggage weighed in an airport check-in. Most of us are also familiar with the crouch of shame, the position adopted when rummaging through a bag to remove something heavy. But now, some brave airline passengers are consenting to being weighed themselves. In a project by European carrier Finnair, volunteer passengers are being weighed at the departure gate in order to allow the airline to refine weight estimates for planes before takeoff. Weigh them all. We're heading in the right direction. Weigh them all. We're heading in the right direction. Weigh people. If I I only get 50 pounds in a bag. If I only get 50 pounds in a bag, then what they should do is look up a typical BMI for someone who's five foot nine, or they could even say, right, under six feet, six feet and under, your BMI should be X, bless you. You should weigh X. And if you weigh more than this, you're fucking paying more. Pain instead, instead, yeah, paying, yeah, exactly, <laughs> per pound. Just like I do with the fucking bag. My airline bag, if I'm over 50 pounds, I have to pay between 50 and 55, or 51 and 55, 56 and 60. 60 and 70, I think it is. Anything over 70 is considered the super duper heavy one, which is like 200 freaking dollars. And it's hard for us. Like we just, you know, traveled to Minnesota. We taught two different days. It's winter. I've got to take my winter gear. I've got to take all my training gear. I got a case with rifles, pistols, ammo, night vision, tons of freaking shit. I have to travel with. I have to be within a certain weight. This is something we've been saying on the show forever because, of course, we, you know, talk about the airlines a lot. And you've got otherwise you've got other airlines who are literally letting overweight people, obese people, kick other people out of paid seats because they need an extra seat. Hey, I need that seat next to you. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, I'd you, be so mad. You have to take three breaths while you say that statement. It's not good. Not good. I'd be furious. I'd go to yeah. jail. Mm. So anyway, hopefully Finnair sets a good trend. Keep going, Finnair. We support you. Seven people indicted for attacking New York Police Department officers at Times Square. A total of seven persons have been indicted for attacking the New York PD officers at Times Square. So luckily, they're actually going to do something about this. 24, 19, 21, 19, 24. Two suspects still haven't been identified. Guys who freaking jump cops in New York. 
So, I mean, pretty big, pretty big deal. I mean, we'll see if they actually go after him. I mean, you know, they let everyone off there. Like that, that yeah. one dude, the guy that was attacking that lady, the the guy when he got released, he was like flipping everybody off. Mm-hmm. Out, mm-hmm. That whole story. Yep. Oh yeah. And it's like if we don't do something about this, then these attacks are going to continue and they're going to get worse. And then it's going to spill off from cops onto more regular people than it already affects. I think it already has. I mean, like there's no there's no punishment anymore. No, there's not. Like when you used to get your hand chopped off for stealing fucking bread. Yeah. Yeah, motherfuckers didn't steal. Yeah. Or they got good at it. Yeah. And then it yeah. didn't bother anybody because people didn't even realize they were getting stolen from. Well, it's like here's the thing, right? When when we were Hanging people for cattle theft, they were still cattle thefts. Right. They're still bad guys. There's always bad guys, but there were less people. I can guarantee you there was more people who were like, man, we can't wrestle them cattle. We're going to go hanged. Probably like, do you see what they did to that other guy? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's fucking dead now. Damn, he? man, I ain't fucking wrestling no more cattle. And that's just how that kind of shit works. And the, and the harder you enforce, like you read about, you know, frontier justice, the harder that those things were enforced the lower the crime rates were. Yeah. Crazy. It's Crazy almost like there's some kind of correlation. All right. Whatever. We're done for news for today. We got other shit. We'll do it later. Uh, what do we got? Independence training uh, gear moment. Train with all weather gear. Whatever the weather is in your environment, you've got to train that way. You know, it was interesting when I did go up to, to Minnesota this past weekend, everyone, of course, was wearing heavy gear. You know, uh, I think our, our daily high the last day we were there was 26 I mean, it was cold. It snowed one day. It was just cold the next day. And, of course, we've got all kinds of gear on. We're doing carbine work. We're doing handgun. We did some med. Some of those people were – it was interesting to talk to them because they're like, yeah, this is the first time I've ever shot with my gloves on. And I'm like, how long have you lived in Minnesota? Oh, my whole life. And it's like, well, fuck. You carry a gun every day, and it's the first time you've ever thought to shot, shoot with gloves on. And I appreciate that they want to do it in a training environment so I can you know, show them some of the finer points of it. And that's all well and good, but it's also like, damn, dude. You, this is stuff you should have already been thinking about. You know, people struggling getting out of multiple layers of concealment, all those kinds of things. And I, we're happy to train people how to do that. But these are things you can also just generally practice on your own. If you are in an environment where you've got to wear extra gear, extra equipment, and that's even rainy environments, just throwing a rain slicker over can change the way that I manage or access my equipment. So don't forget, you will find your weaknesses and then you'll be able to strengthen those weaknesses if you train with your all-weather gear. Independence Training Gear Moment brought to you by trainingaz.com. All right, on to our topic for the week. Again, thanks to Joe from Vivint for uh, coming in. He's been patiently waiting. I'm surprised you didn't want to jump in any of those news stories. I was laughing. The, was the, ba- the baby in. in the oven? You don't have anything to say about uh, a baby in an oven? Uh, of course I do, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I just went to see a comedian maybe a week or so ago who specializes in those type of jokes. Yeah. And uh, I got my medicine over there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who'd you go see? Jeselnik. Oh, man. Was he in town? He was in town. Oh, dude. He was in town. I can't believe I missed that. He's uh, <sighs> he's a little more, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, G-rated than he was the first time I saw him. Oh, really? So oh, that's... Um, I don't know if he's holding back due to the cancellation culture yeah. that we deal with. But uh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. I'll go see uh, Bill Burr. I missed out on seeing him thanks oh, to yeah. COVID. So he's coming back to town soon. So I'm going to take Drew and go see Bill Burr, which I'm excited to do. But 
Yeah. Oh, man, I miss Jesselnik, man. He's so freaking <laughs> funny. Yeah, you guys, if you've never listened to Anthony Jesselnik, you are missing out on a treat. You can just go to Spotify and look him up, and then, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty hard-hitting jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> so... Uh, so we're going to kind of jump into talking about, you know, security systems generally, obviously. Current situations, something we were talking about before the show. We have this current thing going on in our country. We've got the open borders. We've got to increase violence like we were just talking about. We've got people who just seem to give less and less of a shit about playing by the rules. How does that affect? I mean, obviously, you would, you would think, you would hope that that drives people into getting more security systems. But it's the same thing people ask us all the time. Oh, with all this violence, I mean, has training gone up? Are people buying more guns? Are people trained more? Not really. No. What, to me, why it's happening is because people's complacency and apathy. But from a security standpoint, especially since security thing is a thing I can buy and someone else installs it, I don't really have to do much to have it. That's always what most people tend to want to do. Have you seen an increase lately or recently that you feel is a uh, proportionate to what's going on? Yeah. Um, so I would say the last year in our industry uh, has been very interesting. Uh, part of it, the economy, uh, you know, the changing times, people uh, not making less money, but holding on to their money a lot more. Uh, you know, the maybe the aftermath of overspending during COVID, um, a lot of the new build houses over the last year have been coming with these cheaper alarm systems. And when they're moving into these neighborhoods and let's just say a new build subdivision, they're not moving into the ghetto. Mm. And so they're like, well, this is a safe neighborhood, which is exactly where criminals go. They don't go generally to the ghetto because there's nothing, nothing to steal. To steal. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you have people who uh, also over the last, I would say at least the last five or six years have, have gravitated towards online or store-bought type cameras because there's so, you know, the middle ground uh, quality type of cameras or competition is good enough. Mm. Um, you know, I, I also saw over the years that people didn't want to spend uh, for monthly subscriptions. And so they did, They wanted to get rid of these old dust collector type monitoring systems that were just there in case of an emergency, kind of like paying for insurance. Mm. What I've seen and what we anticipated year in and year out is after the holidays, we get a lot of calls. Because security, as we've talked about before, you're either going to do it because you, you want that peace of mind and you are proactive about security. But I would say that most consumers are reactive when it comes to security, right? Your listeners are listening because they are proactive. They believe in security. They believe in, you know, preparation. But the average consumer or the average homeowner is not thinking about that. So they look at security systems as a luxury or they look at it as something that I don't want to spend money on this because I don't need this. Um, but what we've been seeing after the holidays is an uptick in, uh, I, I'm not hearing so much about the catalytic converter issue that I heard about in the last year or two, mm. because uh, people uh, have gotten smarter with, you know, some type of surveillance. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm just seeing a lot of um, certain cars they're going after. Uh, I literally about two, three weeks ago, uh, no knock on these brands, but this is like a known thing that like Kias are easy to get into. Mm -hmm. And I'm in uh, a city on a work trip. And 
What's that? In a Kia? Uh, no, not, I wasn't driving a Kia, <laughs> but I did talk to a homeowner who opted out of a driveway camera and their neighbor that I spoke to, uh, that, uh, you know, I was referred to said, no, we'll get back to you in a month or two. I said, no problem. Uh, I'm not here to be pushy. Uh, they literally called me after that weekend and I said, what sparked the interest in an alarm system or a surveillance system? They're like, well, didn't you hear that the neighbor you just signed up that opted out of the driveway camera had their Kia (laughs) stolen the following night in a nice neighborhood. So talking about how reactive people are, um, you know, what I've seen with the change in, you know, the the times, the election year, everybody's starting to get worried again, the economy, and people are just becoming a little bit more bold. Uh, You know, uh, I've I've just started to see an uptick in um, interest again. I, I just I couldn't help but just picture you taking this phone call while sitting in your new Kia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh really? It was stolen after they denied the driveway camera. That, that's eh? an old uh, <laughs> industry joke. Is that it was one of the reps or something right. like that that we paid to go do something like this to right, go right, create right. an uptick in crime. Right? Of course, <laughs> of course it wasn't, but it was still popped in my head anyway. Well, it it's like funny. a trend right now to steal Kias and joyride them for couple hours and then just drop them. Isn't there a YouTube video how to break into well, brand yeah, new Well, they can computers? be started with the iPhone cord connected to a cell phone. So Perfect. you plug well, the cord into the ignition after you bust all the stuff off, and then you plug that cord into your phone, and it, boom, starts it up. I would imagine that you can only joyride in a Kia for a couple hours. It's about as long as it's going to fucking last. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're in these border towns, um, that's also what we've been seeing is they take them and take them across the border, and they strip them. Yep. Um, you know, or they're taking these Turo cars, uh, you know, these, uh, rental cars or whatever people have, and they're, they're just, they're just taking them. And not, it's not just the key. I've been watching videos of how to, uh, get into the CPU system of the cars and, uh, you know, they, they can hijack the cars. Like we're talking about nice luxury mm-hmm. cars. I was literally watching that this morning, um, <clears throat> doing just some research about some of the current like trends and stuff to talk to you about. And, and it's still a trend and has been for a while of, of like where people keep their key fobs. Where do most people keep their key fobs? On like a hook by the door. By, by the, the door. door. And these scanners can now pick up that key fob signal within about 20 meters. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Wild. I didn't know that. And yeah. if they make I'm literally able- considering getting a, a box that I can mount on the wall that's an RFID box. Like, uh, like a Faraday? Season? Yeah, like a Faraday box. They yeah. make like cabinets that are basically like key mounts, you know, but I, I interrupt you though, Gabe, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, <clears> they make those uh, umbrella antennas now, essentially. They're they're hooking a flipper up to a lead that has a off-put, mm-hmm. and it's like a four-way omnidirectional mm-hmm. one on like a tarp, and then they pull up to your house, direct it at the house, match it, code it, and it unlocks your car. But mm-hmm. they can pick them up from like before they even pull up. Some of them are like all the way at the end of the driveway, so they don't really have to get that close maybe outside of the range of where a camera can see or something or the porch light dims out and they boop, pull that tarp up and next thing you know, the car starts up and it's wild. Well, we had an interesting thing that happened at the house. Yeah, we're actually going to talk to you about this. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm ready for this (laughs) one here. Our garage door opened. Three times while we were And we closed it and it opened and we closed it and it opened. And then Glennie ran out with Daryl and their guns were turned. Yeah, and then we were ready to fucking whoop some ass. (laughs) We went out there to look for... 
you know, someone who was nearby, unknown car, unknown vehicle, unknown person, whatever. Nothing. Now, I have had this kind of shit happen before with, like, people fucking around on ham radios and it just hit the right frequency. People on scanners and stuff pop stuff open. But <sighs> happened one time in a five-minute period one night. And there was nothing in, like, Not, the, the sensor well, so the or nice, bug or... No, I checked it all, checked yep. all. I unplugged it, plugged it back in. But here's the nice Everything. thing is when it first happened, what we did is we hopped on the app to see if anybody was in the garage before yep. we went out there. So it was nice that it alerted us. Obviously, we heard the garage open, but Vivint alerted us like, hey, your garage is opening and you guys are here. So we were like, what the hell? So I opened the camera and well, nobody's out there. So we go out there, check. Okay, fine. We put it down. And I would say it was like five minutes later, it happened yep. again. <clears throat> So kind of weird. Never had that happen before. No. I, well, there it's on YouTube as well that uh, there are scanners yep. that you can just go. So, um, I mean, this is back in the day. We would tell customers about the um, those little pin pads mm. on the side of the garage. Mm. Those ones are really easy to get. Yeah, into. I'm not a fan of those. Do not have one. Never will have one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if they if uh, there's any listeners out there that have one of those, it's just disable it. Yeah. 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 They're super easy to get into houses with. Yeah, we've also uh, there's a couple other things that we've been seeing uh, a lot of <clears throat> is the uh, break into businesses. Okay. And so uh, when you have your, let's just say in a plaza or you know um, where there's uh, you know rent a rent a security guard mm -hmm. going over, I mean they've got to monitor all those different businesses. Uh, I've definitely been getting a lot of calls about uh, protection of. Um, uh, businesses in the medical industry so those are easy, especially if there's like a you know we live in a an area where there's uh, people who are into as uh, you, you know aesthetics and uh, you know <laughs> surgery and upkeep and there's a, a lot of money in the drugs that they're taking uh, from these businesses uh, the other is after the holidays um, going into these new builds if you know anybody that lives in a uh, home that was built with uh, supplies during the COVID era, where these houses were built so fast, uh, gas leak. Mm. And I've talked about this uh, before on the show briefly, but I was in a neighborhood where uh, stove was not properly installed while family was in there, had a gas leak. Uh, while I was training uh, not too long ago, one of my new reps told me, Literally, it was like, hey, so what about that sour smell, rotten, rotten egg smell uh, in my house? I have that going on right now. My get wife just texted. I literally was like, <laughs> get the F out. And it turned. I was like, you need to call, get them out of there. You need to call somebody. And uh, coincidentally, uh, turned out to be a gas leak. So thank, thank God that I was just talking about that. Mm. Um, when we, when we, we talked about this earlier, the health Right. I just uh, when when people are thinking about security, they're only thinking about an in-home break-in most of the time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they're not thinking about the things that they need to protect their family from inside the house. Like last time you talked about just being able to watch your kids on a camera, mm -hmm. playing the blame game, being able to watch babysitters, gas leak, fire, but also emergency. Mm -hmm. You guys talk a lot and train a lot on health. Uh, I just had like a big brother of mine die in his sleep at 45 years old where I had just seen him like five days prior, healthy, and then bang. 
And having that a medical medical emergency devices where we can help people with um, seizures, mm -hmm. uh, stroke, epilepsy, disabled, handicap. Uh, that those are some of the things that Vivid can provide, other than just protecting from burglary. So that's what we're seeing in uptick in. And I think that's a really important thing. Uh, we've had Vivint now long enough in both our business and our home to have tripped the uh, alarm accidentally several times, especially with like kids and guests and Gabe coming in and out of places. Our son. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, mostly our oldest son, who the alarm goes off and just ignores it, I guess, the other day. So um, for like and immediately, immediately Vivint calls. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pick up the phone or you don't, you know, give them the, the right answer, they're sending help to that location. And so that's important too, because now it's like, hey, so maybe, yeah, maybe someone is uh, having an emergency at my home or my, uh, my business or whatever, could be break-in related, could be health related, could be anything. And if they're not getting the appropriate response, then they're just sending help there. And I think this is an important thing, like uh, I'll, I'll use, you know, I, I stayed at a place recently, middle of nowhere, tiny little town, no real crime known or anything. Everybody knows each other. All the neighbors are known, but they're miles sometimes away. I went to bed <laughs> this night and the screen door was kind of open. So I go to close it. I would go to open the, I'm like, fucking front doors or open. Damn it. Close it, close the front door, lock the front door. I go to step away and I'm like, oh yeah in this house, this place, we don't lock the front door, you know? So like, <laughs> it was weird for me to remember that and think about that. And it wasn't my place, right? I'm staying, there's a guest. So it's like even the next the next morning, I got up to leave and come home and uh, garage door had been left open. The car door had been left open, just, you know, accidentally had been unloading some stuff and just forgotten. You know, that one I couldn't do. I had to close the car door and close the garage. I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from that. But my point is like, they had a nice big shop. It's unlocked, unlocked. Front doors are unlocked. Everything's just unlocked, you know? And that's more of like how I grew up. We grew up that way. We didn't lock our doors. We didn't lock the truck. But we kept all the keys for the vehicles, usually in the vehicles, in case someone needed it in a hurry, you know? And we never thought about most of the stuff when I was a little kid. And because there's still plenty of people out there living like that, something like a vivid system, they go, eh, we don't really have crime around here. And how important it is to remember that these systems are not just to prevent or deter crime. I use them for all kinds of things. You know, sometimes we can't get a hold of the kids or whatever. Maybe, you know, I can't sometimes get a hold of Drew because she's, you know, left her phone inside and she's outside, you know, taking care of the chickens or something like that. I just want to know if she's home safely. You know, I could pull up the driveway camera real quick. Cool. Her car's in the driveway. That's all I need to know is that she's home safely. You know what I mean? Or we're checking on the kids. Are they home safely from school? You know, we're trying to call them on their cell phone or something. You know, it's the same thing, right? They left the cell phone over here. They're, they're in the backyard. Our favorite those when they're lying and we catch them on camera. Yeah, that's what Joe just talked about, the blame game. And they're like, it wasn't me. And then you're like, this is you in high definition, kid. You know what I mean? Doing the thing we're talking about. So the kids have gotten pretty wise to that. But the, the point being is that there's a lot of benefits just from a general everyday usage. I can always pick up my phone. If I have service, I can pick up my phone and I can see what's going on in my house. You know, we were recently in... Uh, in Colorado as a family, enjoyed a, a really great trip up there. And, you know, at home, 
We have people coming to take care of our home. We just want to make sure that they're they're coming by at the right time or that the you know dog's not in there losing his mind. He hasn't like destroyed a couch or something, you know what I mean? Uh, checking on the backyard. There was a big storm that came through, so I was able to pull up the backyard camera, make sure it didn't destroy anything, you know? So there's a lot of benefit. Because then if it did destroy something, well, I'm still three days from coming home, so I can call someone here and go, hey, man, can you go over to the backyard? You know, it, it blew over this or it knocked over that or, you know, there's broken glass or whatever. Hey, can you please take care of that? Broken windows, you know, storms break windows. They bust things. They, you know, rip the American flag off the house or something like that. I want those kinds of things taken care of. I can see all those things through my camera, and then certainly even more so with, you know, health alerts uh, and that capability. So I think there's a lot more to having a good, a well-made system. So many people are used to the cheap, shitty security systems that are basically just like. Window break alarms and motion detectors, motion detectors yep. and it, it's a security thing. Yep. But this this is a different level of, of yeah. security. This is a different type of security, the kind of peace of mind security that I can get by being able to pull up my house and see what's going on there and who just pulled up. You know, we've had kids at home before, you know, older kids at home before go, hey, someone just pulled up in the front of the house and we're not sure who they are. It's like, no problem. I can pull up the camera. I can look. Oh, yeah, that's such and such neighbor's friend or whatever. Or, hey, I don't know that car. Keep an eye on them. And if they do something weird, get ready to call 911. But now it's like an interactive thing, right? Like I'm now talking with the kid who's looking out the, you know, I can look at the camera. They can be at home. I can see what they're seeing. I'm not, I'm not depending on someone on the other side of things, panicking, trying to describe things to me. We live in a world that uh, there's, is, it's a lot different te- technologically mm-hmm. than it was when we were growing up. And you also think about the amount of interactions that we have with strangers. Mm. There was no DoorDash when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no Amazon. We didn't have the amount of online shopping that mm-hmm. were done. We knew who were our neighbors were. It wasn't as transient as, as it mm. is now. Uh, and we are more distracted. We live in a world full of distractions that are trying to get our attention. For example, the phone, you know, the notifications, phone calls, TV iPads, electronics, kids, so on and so forth. And so when we get squirreled just through day-to-day living, we forget, did I close the garage? Mm-hmm. Who's coming to my door? You know, is somebody even coming over? Just literally over the <clears throat> weekend, I got, you know, slapped on the wrist by Christina because I left the back sliding door open. I mean, I work for this company. I train people on this, and I do it too. Mm-hmm. And I, instead of me giving some excuse, I just said, I'm sorry, oops, I was off to go to a meeting. I'm playing catch-up on a lot of things from the holidays, blah, blah, blah. And The so, appropriate response to your wife, Joe, is always, you're right, I'm sorry, I love you. That's right. right. <laughs> yes, dear. And so having this Vivint system is more than just mm. – I, I think the the, the – <clears throat> The paradox or the challenge is that everybody sees what we do as a security system, Mm -hmm. and it is just a way for us to interact with the things that matter most to us all through an application to give us that type of peace of mind. That's what you're paying for. And I look at more of a safety. It's not just security. It's it's safety. It keeps me safe, keeps my family safe, not just from bad guys. You know, if there's a house fire, I have a way to monitor something. I have a way to be involved if I'm not there. You know, I'm going to have alert systems. I can tell people maybe where the dog is or something. You know what I mean? If there's someone's going to go and, Hey man, go in and get my dog and call my neighbor and say, Hey, my house is on fire. I need you to go get my dog, you know, and he's in X number room, you know? Uh, so I, there's a lot that can 
come from these systems. And there's a lot of programmability too. Like you mentioned leaving a garage door open, leaving a door open. If it's an automated door like a garage uh, and you, you have it hooked up to the system, then it gives you the capability to set like, hey, if the garage door is open for more than five minutes, it just automatically closes it. Yeah, the amount of custom actions and rules and smart actions is endless. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've even looked at your guys' house and your business and try to show <clears> you different <throat> things. Yeah. And, you know, we don't even use all the settings on our, our phones these days. Mm -hmm. And that's what Vivin has the capability to do is really, truly personalize the notifications and the automation to your likings. Yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about the average setup, right? We've talked about the fact that this is more than just bad guys. It's more than just security. It's safety. It's peace of mind. It's the ability to see what's going on at your house, check on your kids, you know, check and make sure your spouse or whoever made it home safe. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's easy for me. I can't always, you know, call and talk to my family members if I'm at work. But it's easy for me to pull up the camera real quick and make sure I, I can pull up my Vivint system and I can change the thermostat. I can check and make sure the doors are closed. I can check and make sure my front door is locked. I can check and make sure my garage is closed. I can check and make sure, you know, vehicles are where they're supposed to be or whatever. That way I know, okay, cool. Everything at home is good. And when I'm away from home, that's a huge thing for me. I have to have peace of mind of what's going on at home. And so if I can have that peace of mind, I'm able to do my job better. I'm able to focus better. And I know that with a system like Vivint, it's giving me that peace of mind beyond just bad guys. Mm -hmm. If a bad guy tries to fuck with our house, he's fucking dead. So I don't right. really care that much about that. Right. If that happens, it happens, right? And we'll, and we'll deal with that thanks to the USCCA. All right, but <laughs> that's a whole other problem. I'm not worried about that right now, right? And if I'm not home, it, dog's still probably going to fuck him up a little bit. Uh, and it's going to be really hard to get in. So I'm not as concerned about bad guys. I'm more concerned about safety and peace of mind instead of just, oh my God, am I going to keep bad guys up? So with all that in mind, what do you think the average setup is, Joe? Like if you say we go to a house, the average home sets up X. What is that? Let me let me start with a bare bone. Or I mean, I can answer that. And yeah. you want me to go bare bones first? Yeah, bare bones. Like so, someone okay. says, I am on a limited budget. I don't really want a lot. I want some of these things you're talking yep. about, but man, I don't want to spend a bunch. Bare bones setup. Let's what do you, say what do you bare bones setup would be a doorbell camera. Okay. Your door sensors, fire, gas combo, I and, and like a keypad that controls everything. Mm -hmm. That's probably <clears throat> ultimate bare bones. I'm, you know, I've set up apartments. I've set up condos. I've set up people who park inside. I've set up elderly. And that's like bare bones. Um, you know, I would say the average is adding a driveway camera with that light that I uh, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm a biased salesperson, <clears throat> yeah. but that light is something that sets us apart from everybody else. If, you know, we talked about this on the last show that if somebody's on drugs or has a mask or something mm -hmm. like that, if a light is actually spotlighting them and tracking mm -hmm. like a flashlight, it's going to basically say, hey, go screw with my neighbors, not me. So, you know, the average is probably doorbell, th your door sensors electrical or uh, fire and gas and a driveway camera, whether you park inside or out, just so you can have eyes around, you know, a lot of these doorbells are built on the side now. Mm -hmm. And so there's some dead spots to see who's coming up the driveway. And so as I've been sitting, you know, as you were going over the news, a package was delivered. Mm -hmm. I'm getting notification, but I got alerted as they were driving down my cul-de-sac 
And then I was able to actually watch the notifications on my phone and my watch to see who the hell's coming up to my door. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's Amazon. I forgot I even ordered that. And I had to even check, is my wife home? Is my daughter home? I forgot. Um, so th I would say those are the bare bones. If you want to go like, you know, kit and caboodle, you're not doing the four corners of the house. I think that's a big misconception because we talked about on the show last time mm -hmm. that there's a whole flow to every house. Mm -hmm. But uh, people will add one to the backyard, not because they think some burglar is hopping fences, especially if they have a neighbor behind them. That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But it's just to see what, what goes on in the backyard, <clears throat> right? Did uh, Is there liability? Do I have a pool? Do I have trees? Do I have pets? Do I have kids that play in the backyard? Am I elderly and do they uh, do do I fall back there? So then you would add a backyard camera. Um, side camera, it just depends on what you want to watch and how many crime shows you watch. You know, is the blood pressure high? Do you want to bring it down? Do I need I you know, am I be you know, Christina, if there's a weird noise, she's going to go look at, or nudge me and I don't feel like getting up in the middle of the night to go check. So that's why I put a side camera. Uh, you know, on my house just for convenience sake. But I would say the average, um, like I said, is doorbell camera, driveway camera with a light, door sensors, and then uh, making sure you're protected from fire and gas. Okay, if you want to kick it up an another level, you add another <clears throat> camera and some automation like door lock, garage, etc. Well, and that was a big thing when you came in to do our system in the house and you were like, oh yeah, and then you know, here's your carbon monoxide thing and here's this, and I was like, oh yeah. That's part of this, you know, kind of just to, to add to what we've already said. It was like, oh, yeah, we're also just trying to keep us safe and healthy. And this fire and carbon monoxide and, you know, sensors that are being added. Oh, yeah, that too. You know, we're not just using cameras and security systems and motion lights and motion detectors. Oh, yeah, safety, not just security. And so that, that was a huge part of, you know, I'm glad you added that in with your kind of what you would consider an average system. Because if, if you guys are paying attention, the number of cameras Joe just said in a bare bone system is two. <laughs> That's it. There's two cameras. There's a doorbell and a driveway camera. That's it. And then you could, if you wanted to, add a backyard camera. And then depending on whatever, maybe a side camera, you know. So you're just he had a lot more things about safety. He was two cameras, but like four other things, you know? So it's like, yeah, the cameras are important. They'll capture these most likely areas and you'll be able to make sure your packages. I just sometimes check just to make sure packages have been delivered, you know, because I always have my email. I get email notifications or whatever if my packages have been delivered. But because we order so much stuff these days, like you said, sometimes I just want to make sure it's sitting there, you know, because if it's pouring down rain or something, I may send my neighbor to go over and scoop it up. I want to make sure that if I'm door dashing that the driver is not picking their nose, right? you know, and then, you know, I'm hungry and I want to go grab that food and I'm just eating their boogers or something like that. Like, I mean, I joke, but I'm so serious. Right. right? right. I want to make sure they're not like coughing up and I'm not worried about, you know, I just don't want a cold. Right. Right. And your um, coughs. Yeah, 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 exactly. On, on cue. On cue. Literally coughs. I don't want a cold. <laughs> So, <laughs> I use the Lysol on the door yes. when I came back in. I mean, some, sometimes we're just, I'm just at home, <laughs> chilling, watching TV, decompressing, doorbell rings, and I'm like, who the F is that? Mm -hmm. And everybody's that's supposed to be inside my house is already in the house. I have a toddler. I don't want her to tiptoe over mm -hmm. to the door. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to give her a cell phone yet. Mm -hmm. So she's able to look on the panel to see who's coming up. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, we talked about these things. Our with, kids love that panel, by the way. It's awesome. Yeah, they love it. It's awesome. And so the the um, we were talking about like bare bones and also protection with security. <laughs> Carbon monoxide. When we when we're in the, our homes, how many people actually check smoke detectors, change the batteries like they're used to, bring them up to code? A lot of people that I see. Like one house I just set up, they didn't even know that their smoke detector, there were no smoke detectors in their house. How is that, is that even, even allowed? That they're, they're just not thinking about that. It's just yeah, but one I mean, of building those code. Don't they? It, it, old that, I mean, it's maybe? not. It's yeah. not following code. Yeah. Right. Or they're thinking <clears throat> that their smoke detectors are supposed to be working. These realtors are supposed to be disclosing all these things, but the realtors just want to sell the house and be right. done. Yeah. And so I go in there. I take a look yeah. at the brands that they're using. The some people will say, "Well, I have a carbon monoxide detector that I bought from." XYZ store, those are chirpers to wake you up. But if you have carbon monoxide and you're sleeping, you won't wake up. (laughs) And dude, I never put that together until just right now, Joe. Right? (laughs) These uh, that is fucking true as shit. (laughs) I have I have a lot of um, well, I'm a sneaker guy. Uh, I have uh, I collect memorabilia. Uh, I want to protect my stuff in the house. And so, yeah, I mean, what we've seen with this this change in security, there was a lot of, you know, especially during COVID or post-COVID, it was like, I, I've got guns. I, I get it, right? But guns don't put out fires. Mm. You can't point a gun and say, okay, you can't shoot the fire out. Mm. So, uh, you know, Vivint has all these different types of devices that are, that I would put as bare bones, but the automation and, you know, having an excessive amount of cameras, I think our add-ons later as, you know, the family might evolve or they want to add something to their, you know, they, they want to be protective of their budget. They don't need to get one of everything. Now, we've got some cameras, you know, we like to have some cameras inside the house in typical living areas. Um, <clears throat> and I like to have one in the garage because, we, you know, we have a lot of people in and out of our garage. Kids are coming in and out. That's like their main venue in and out. So I like to be able to look in the garage itself. Um, <clears throat> how often do you see people put cameras in their home? I, I, I like laughed. I remember when, when the whole ring thing happened mm-hmm. where they were like expose on ring where they're like all these, you know, turns out all the ring, um, employees have like access to these videos and they're like watching people do, you know, have sex in the living room and stuff like that. Right. And I remember this one, they were watching this gal. Uh, there was one employee who was like watching this gal, you know, uh, take a, get in and out of the shower and get dressed every morning in her bathroom. And I go, who the fuck puts a camera right in their like bathroom area? You know what I mean? Like that, that just seemed weird to me anyway, to, even if I didn't think anyone was watching, why do I need to look into my bathroom? But how often do you see people put cameras inside the home? Let's say I have a hundred percent of places you do. What do you think percentile is that they're actually putting a camera inside the house? When I'm meeting with a customer and I'm, I'm explaining our encryption, I'm explaining what we're doing with our data. I would say now it's 50, 50. Yep. I would say in the past, it was far less than that because of what was going on in the news with, uh, you know, data sharing and, you know, um, you know, basically people spying in on these cameras. <clears throat> and that is the problem, though. If you do go buy these cheaper companies, they are not spending money on their equipment and their mm-hmm. technology. They're not spending money on encryption. They're literally sp- spending money to get you as a customer on mm-hmm. advertising so then they can go sell your data. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where they're making money is the back end. I, I know I referenced that on the last show. 
But I would say more and more now where most couples or most people are not working the typical nine to five, uh, you know, like uh, that's not how it is in our house. And I travel a lot. And so if uh, I need to get a hold of my wife or even my daughter, right? If Let's just say I'm watching my daughter and I need to use the restroom and I don't, I don't want my daughter to eat anything while I'm in the restroom. Just God forbid if she choked on something, right? Mm. And I'm in the restroom. I am checking that indoor camera just more for convenience and that peace of mind. So I, I, I'm seeing more of an uptick in indoor cameras just for that peace of mind or that interaction with family members or pets inside the house. And so when we look at adding cameras, adding services, what do you think, like, what's some of the more extreme setups that you see people put into their homes? Like, do people, do they go overboard with cameras? Do they go overboard with uh, motion sensors? Is it kind of everything? Like, because I know, yeah, obviously, the size of the home and the value of things and all that's going to come into play here. But what are some of the most extreme things you've seen people do to try to just make this system almost impenetrable. 20 window sensors, uh, like a window sensor on every single window. Yet if I'm a robber, I'm not going to open the window. You can't even open the window from the outside because the latch is inside. Mm -hmm. These newer homes have double pane, which mm -hmm. is extremely hard to break. Uh, the only reason why you would have that many window sensors is somebody is very, very security conscious, meaning something happened in the past, or they just want to be overly protective, or they have kids they want to keep inside. Um, so I think that's a little excessive. Um, cameras, you know, I get some people hit me up, say, hey, I want 12 cameras on my house. I'm not going to stop you if you want that, but 100% of the time, I'm going to talk people out of that because they don't need that many cameras on the exterior, especially if they're in a subdivision and they have neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I've seen people with home automation, with uh, audio visual, you know, being able to turn on the TV, being able to turn on the lights. Um, one of the projects that I've been begging Christina to allow me to do, which, which is control my blinds. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of like the purge, right? Like I want to be able to disarm my home when I'm home and I want my blinds to, you know, like let's say in the morning mm -hmm. or when I come home, just roll up or roll down, however I choose to automate it. But I think that would be a little excessive, uh, but there's nothing wrong with that, you know? So yeah, there's, there's, there's many things that we can do with the uh, lights now. I think, I think lighting, smart lighting, is something that we're seeing more of, um, more questions about making the house look like home alone because, again, we work weird hours or mm -hmm. we travel a lot, et cetera. And that makes, like, from the idea of, okay, if I leave, I go out of town, <clears throat> I turn on my outside lights, but now they're on all day, all night. It's pretty That's obvious. If someone's sign, yeah. walking, you know, driving yeah. by and kind of casing the place, uh -huh. the lights are constantly on. They kind of know, especially if they've cased it previously and noticed that the they go off in the daylight and come on at night. So that's something you can automate and turn that thing on and off. That's a, a good idea. Uh, and then also just different rooms in the house. If every night they drive by in the living room and, you know, is the only illuminated room, then obviously like, okay, this person's probably not home. Uh, so the ability to, <clears throat> excuse me, to turn on different lights in different rooms. Hey, you know, on Monday night, it's going to be, you know, bedroom number one and, and the kitchen. And then on Tuesday night, it's going to be the, you know, the living room and then et cetera, et cetera. So I think that that's something that a lot of people, again, aren't thinking. And, and we're kind of back to the, you know, security element of things. Uh -huh. From the safety element of things, is there really 
Is there such a thing as going overboard? Like, have you seen extreme situations? People like put a, a carbon monoxide sensor in every single room or smoke detector. Uh, I have, you know, and I have it, and you've got because that. I had a fire, yeah. and I have had a gas leak. But I didn't want it in every room until after something like that happened. I thought I was good, even working for this company, I thought I was good with just one. Mm. And so um, I, I haven't seen if, – if anybody is that overboard type of customer, they've probably already done something already mm. to protect their house. And so uh, I haven't seen too many customers where they have like, you know – a hundred cameras. I, I mean, I've, you know, one in thousands right. that, that I'll see it. Yeah. And they've got mm-hmm. like three, well, I guess that, you know, come to think of it, I've seen people with three or four or five different sets mm. of cameras. Mm. And that's only because the company that they purchase can't withhold the amount of things that they want to do with their system. Mm. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen too many where, you know, most homeowners are just getting just right. And what do you think, so you already mentioned people, and this is something we talked about on the last show, but I think it bears mentioning here, that Vivint owns their information. Yep. Uh, they don't sell that information. They don't share that information. And they've even, as you said, told us, been approached to, because that's valuable information, yep. right? That's great marketing information, and they won't sell information. It's encrypted information that's not easily just taken. So not all companies are that, right? Ring's been exposed. Google shit's been exposed. Nest is, and you were just telling me that Nest is, uh, they're about to get 86. Aren't they owned by Google? So they are owned by Google. Uh, Not to knock my competitors. I have to preface that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I can discern it's public knowledge that they have gotten rid of Nest Secure. Yes, that was it. So they are going to continue to, uh, they've they've gotten, they've developed a big partnership with um, this company that has a blue sign. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rhymes with blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's where they're making their money. And they try to have their own monitoring through something called Nest Secure. And within a, I mean, very, very soon, that will no longer be. <clears throat> and that's another thing that we're seeing in our industry is, you know, new companies are coming in just because they want a, a piece of the subscri- sub- subscription model. Mm-hmm. And, but their technology is so so. The bigger companies, um, you're seeing a lot of them not evolve. And so they're just a dying breed. They're just making money on their name Mm -hmm. where we are going to continue to evolve. We're going to continue to, uh, you know, expand the way we interact with our home from uh, protection with our energy, from, like I said, the emergency response. Um, And uh, yeah, that's what these companies are doing. So what do you see then as the future of these kind of safety and security? I, I'd almost really like to wrap this up and just say it's a monitoring yep. system, right? Because yep. we say that yeah. generally, but people tend to then call them security systems, right? you know, safety systems. They really ought to be called monitoring systems because that's really what they're doing. So what do you think the future is of monitoring systems? We, it seems like we have one side that's all about shit technology, subscription model, you know, income, and selling data. They're using that data as a secondary source of revenue. And then <clears throat> you have systems like Vivint that are going, no, we're actually trying to provide a worthwhile value-based product. Where do you think the future of this is all going? Because you have you know, people who are scared on the one side from Skynet-style shit, right? Yep. And then you have people on the other side who also still want to have some kind of monitoring system. 
homeowners control of their house and their system, right? We're, we're about to enter the, we are in the age of AI, Right. And that's evolving very, very quickly. Yeah, and people are uh, scary. <laughs> um, I saw this movie once. So <laughs> which one? <laughs> it's it's coming. Yep. Um, and so I just think people being able to interact with one button uh, is where I see the future. Being able to control anything, any touch that we have with our home and family, being able to control that from an application, mm. and learn uh, what I see is the costs going down. Okay. That's what I do see. The, you, you know, it's going to be, uh, if we can get to a place where we can keep the cost um, affordable and there's 10 times more value, then people are going to go pay for it. It's just like what happened with the cell phone, mm. right? We're willing to go pay a lot more for the cell phone now than we did 10 or even 20 years ago because it adds so much value to our lives in, you know, in one piece of plastic. Mm. That's what's going to happen with the security industry is having the cameras, having the surveillance, having, you know, the ability to go monitor your family and your home, all, I mean, we are affordable. So that's kind of, we're already it. That's where it's going. Yeah, I, th I think that the Vivint system, you know, I hemmed and hawed over <clears throat> monitoring systems for a long time just because of my fear of, you know, being over monitored by someone that wasn't me. Uh, and then I ended up with the system is probably the worst of that. And then I was like, well, now it's getting, I've already invested into this and I've already got all these damn cameras and I'm already paying for this, whatever. I don't know. The Vivint system is so expensive or so until we actually had Joe out to the house. And then <clears throat> Joe was like, no, this is actually what it costs. And it's like, oh, that's way less than I've heard other people paying for. Similar system. So it was so inexpensive. We had it done at the office too. You know, it's like, oh, you're doing it at the house? Let's do it at the office as well. Like, let's let's make this happen. And what I like about working with Joe and, and Divin in particular is the their, the services there. Like, we had a camera go bad. Okay. Came out, fixed it. You know? We had a sensor that wasn't – it kind of was an – it was an install problem, but it wasn't really the fault of the tech necessarily. It was just kind of a weird door that we have here at the office. And it was like, oh, that's a problem? Yeah, we're going to take care of that. And it was done quickly and efficiently and unobtrusively and done and done and the system's working, you know. And if I have questions, I've got a guy that I can call. Hey, Joe, this is weird or I don't know how to make this setting work. You know, how do you do this, you know. Or I don't have time to sit here and go through every single thing. You do this all the time. Show me the thing that I push to make this stop or start, right. And so customer service is such a huge thing of everything that we recommend and, <clears throat> you know, another conversation I was having not too long ago with some students was they asked me, you know, how we, how do we base things uh, when we decide to recommend a piece of equipment? And there's a lot of people in this industry are just flat out whores. All right. They will endorse anything. If they give, if, especially in the social media, quote unquote, influencer world, where most of those people are idiots anyway, I have no idea what they're talking about. They'll be given a product here. I want you to push this scope. I want you to push this pistol. I want you to push this holster. And they're, wow, this is the greatest thing ever in the world. And then six months later, they're on to a whole other company because that company approached them and said, well, you did such a good job pushing that company. Will you push mine? And they're like, oh, absolutely. Generally speaking, they don't use them that much. You know, I've seen, I've literally seen equipment reviews from our end of this, of the industry where people are like, yeah, man, it's my first time out here to the range. And I just really like this optic. You know, the glass is clear. I'm like, let me just put a big old pause on this video right here. 
and say that literally everything you're saying, it's like, to me, it's like literally listen to a baby babble. You know what I mean? Like you are a dumb person. And um, so when we endorse or recommend something, it's because it's something that we would bet our life on. It's something that we've used. And more importantly than the brand, to me, when I endorse something, is the customer service that's behind it. If you can't get customer service, I won't tell people about a thing, even if I believe the product is good. Like there's products I use I don't tell our students about because they have shitty customer service. And if you need customer service, you're fucked. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, okay, I'm not going to tell people about the product. I may use that product because it may fit my needs, but it's like I won't tell people about it. I'm just telling people about everything that we put on our guns. There's tons of brands of stuff we put on our guns or that we use in med gear, whatever. We don't really talk about because I don't know what their customer service is like. That's one of the reasons that we promote Vivint and that we'll tell people about things like Vivint is because we've got great service. And I only expect that that's the kind of service that our students or our listeners or whoever we're talking to is going to get. So when you're looking at these different systems – there are, of course, competitors, like, like Joe said. As you're looking at these systems and you're looking at price and you're looking at value and features and options and all that, always consider the kind of customer service you're going to get. Can I call a person, a human being? I don't want to call and navigate 18 menu options to get to a human. I don't have to lie. Most of the time I have to lie to the computer to make it. I, sometimes I literally just say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you into the phone until finally there, you're being transferred to customer service. Like, thank you. Right. And then it's your hold times estimated 12 to 15 minutes. I'm like, oh God, you know, that's not what's going to happen when you're dealing with them. And so that to have someone like Joe, and that's why we like to bring him onto the show and, and have you guys hear him. If you call Joe to have a system in your life. Joe is now who you deal with. Yeah, there's a, a different tech that's going to come out. He's not necessarily the install guy. But Joe is the guy you're going to be dealing with. Or he's going to hook you up with someone else, and that's the person you're going to be dealing with. It's not like, oh, I have a problem. I need to call Vivid. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you can call our 1-800 number. Yeah. Um, and you got, just like any other big company, you got to go through XYZ and they have to troubleshoot you. Mm -hmm. So that way I have to make sure it's not user error and we're not wasting money on our end to go change a battery for right. somebody. Right. Uh, but with what I do for Vivint, I don't just sign people up. Um, you know, I've chosen to be in this field and be an expertise in my field. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that I'm signing up, it, I'm treating them like they're my family member. They're my friend because they're, they're entrusting me. And so uh, the customer service that I'm going to give is like, yeah, I will, I will be communicative. I will say, hey, let me try and get this fixed because it's technology. You're dealing with technology. So there's a lot of moving pieces when you're dealing with technology. So you have to have the right person behind that backing up the customer service. And how do people – oh, Gabe, you have something? Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's like you feel that obligation and responsibility, right? Because you know that this is worth something. It's the same thing in our industry like we, the three of us were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's like so many people who just don't actually understand the magnitude of what they could be changing the outcome mm -hmm. of something. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm remembering my customers because I'm only signing up so many every single year as opposed to a salesperson who just wants to, you know, grab a buck from any single customer. <laughs> I'm going to spend the time. I'm going to make the right recommendations, and I'm going to uphold that oath that I took, you know, and, and honor my word with them. Plus, I have to protect your brand, and I have to protect, you know, the <laughs> referral, right? Uh, if, if they're giving me referrals, I have to be very, very mindful of that. 
Yeah, someone trusted you enough to say this is the guy to go to. And and like like what we do from a training perspective and an educational perspective, it's kind of like when you guys are setting up systems, like Gabe had mentioned, what we were chatting about before the show is <clears throat> the responsibility that you have when you're going into someone's home or someone's business and making sure they get the right product and in, in telling them about the right product isn't just about selling them to make a buck. You're you're taking the responsibility for the safety and security of their children. And so to, to say, hey, I, I treat them like they're my own family member, what would I want in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, what would I, how would you protect if this was your home, if this was your business, what would you do to make sure that this was the best protected or protected under this dollar amount or whatever? That's a huge responsibility because, man, this could literally save someone's life, not from a bad guy only, but also from a fire, carbon monoxide poisoning, a health-related concern, something like that. So it's a huge responsibility. And how do people get a hold of you, Joe, specifically? Uh, my personal cell phone number is 510-377-6402. And my email is jgeneza, and that's J-G-E-N-E-Z-A at vivent.com. And that's V-I-V-I-N-T, jgeneza at vivent.com. So, I mean, that's like... Again, speaks to Joe. He's going to give you his phone number and his, obviously, email address. But, yeah, handing out your phone number is not something everybody does. But Joe is because he wants you to call him. He wants to, he wants to talk to you about what the best possible product is for you. And, again, he can do this anywhere in the country because Vivin is nationwide. Joe is nationwide. And uh, he can help you make sure you get the right product uh, even if – uh, you know, he's not there in person. He'll do a digital walkthrough with you. He can send someone out local to walk through and then he'll consult with them. Um, a lot of cool stuff that Joe can do for you. So make sure you call or email him directly so you guys can talk to him about, uh, you know, the, the options and monitoring systems that Vivint has. And again, we wouldn't say this if we weren't using the systems. Um, you know, we've got him in our home. We've got him at the office. Several of our guys have them. A handful or more of our customers, I think, at this point have, have got systems through you. So I think it's really... Uh, really important. Um, anything final you want to say about Vivint, Joe? Uh, I mean, like the, I hate taking the call after something happens. So, uh, you know, cause I felt like I could have done something to go help that person. Um, it's always best for me to consult over the phone. Um, I know people do email me about, can you tell me all the specs of your system, uh, through an email? And it just, there's, I, I could talk about a hundred different products. Mm. I can talk about a hundred <clears throat> different specs, but it's really customizable uh, and catered to the uniqueness of their family and their home. So it's always better for me to talk through over the phone. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. I don't have the time to sit for four hours to explain my product either. I'm very straight to the point, going to be respectful of time and just be upfront and honest. Awesome. Gabe, any other questions, Drew? I don't. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for always coming, man. We, we appreciate uh, your your wealth of information, your understanding, your passion about what you do, you know, which, of course, is why we always you – know, we pick guests to come on the show. It's always because of that, you know, because there is some kind of passion, there's some kind of interest, you know, there's some kind of, of desire that you have to help people. You're not just selling a product. We, do, we don't have people on the show who just want to sell products, you know, and I, I appreciate that about you. Thank you. All right, fitness moment with Drew, rock and roll. All right, excuse my sick voice. Um, what I have is get in a quickie, whether it's doing... Yeah! <laughs> oh, we're talking about fitness. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> whether it's doing maybe 15 to 20 minutes of stretching or maybe... 
15 or 20. <laughs> yeah, 15. <laughs> Technically, you should be doing it that long, sir. <laughs> or if it's lifting, or maybe you're just focusing on arms for the day, or your back, or your legs, or running for 20 minutes, get it in because it's going to get those muscles activated, and it's going to get you into a regular routine of doing it every single week for how many days you want to. So if you're thinking about possibly skipping because you don't have enough time, at least do 10 to 15 minutes. I would say between 10 and 20 in my personal preference, just to keep you motivated all that much more. I will add to that to challenge anybody to do what I'm about to challenge you to do. I would challenge you to do a minimum of 50 push-ups a day in sets of no less than 20 and uh, so 20, 20, 10 or 20, 30 or whatever. Uh, and a minimum of one mile of fast movement. Now, that could be a light jog. That could be a full run. My suggestion is you time neither of these events. You just do the 50 push-ups. You could do them in separate sets, some in the morning, some at night. And you do the one mile of fast-paced movement. Not just walking, but a light jog, a run, however, whatever you think you can pull off. We have no time. Don't time it. Just do the mile. Do that for 30 days. If you don't feel better, move better, mentally, physically, emotionally feel better, if you don't feel stronger, I don't know. I'll send you a free fucking case of ammo. <laughs> All right? Because <laughs> I guarantee that you're going to. You're going you're gonna to feel better mentally, emotionally, physically. You're going to... You're going to feel stronger. You're going to move better. Every time I do that. So my, my personal is 100 push-ups a day and, you know, no less than, than a mile a day. Every time I do that, and I'm not doing it all the time, but every time I start to feel shitty, I do that. That's a minimum. That means if I can do more, I do more. That's the minimum. And if I do the minimum for just 30 days, it's amazing how much better I feel, how much stronger I feel, how much better I, I look or at least that I perceive that I look. And that's just 30 days. You can do it. So that would be my, my challenge. We're running tonight, and I'm sick, so. Yeah. We, we do it even when we don't feel good. Yeah. Fitness Moment with Drew brought to you by MRC McKellar Running Club Phoenix. Monday night runs 6.30 at Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa. <laughs> Wednesday night runs 6.30 at Dad's Eatery in Scottsdale. So see you there. Remember, you can bring us out to train with you. Get hosting information via email info at trainingaz.com. We'll give you all the information about how to bring us out to your area. It's relatively simple. Just got back from Minnesota, like I was talking about earlier. Great time. Love doing it. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show, Independence Training, MRC Phoenix, and Vivint. They're on there, and it's good information. We're proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out the other things our cool network is doing. And uh, make sure you follow them on, on social media. Uh, HMG goes through and they'll do like weekly wrap-ups of all their shows or their top shows that are, that are happening. They have over 50 shows on the network. So make sure that you guys are checking out other stuff that our network's doing. Next week, we're going to be uh, doing a show that we missed a couple weeks ago. Don't buy more gear build more skills. And we're going to be talking about why that is. Until next time, stay aware, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms Room.